first of all, if Bilbo can come up. Um, Bilbo and I are kind of doing a joint one, we're kind of cheating. Um, but I think we work well as a team, don't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I like to think that I bring, you know, the good looks and charm and wit and everything, um, and you bring me back down to reality. <laughs> Um, so, who, who are you? What do you do? Um, I'm, I'm Bilbo. I'm, uh, I'm in my second year of A-levels. Um, 17 years old. I think that makes me the youngest speaker in G2. Yeah. 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 Cool, so without further ado, if I pray for us, and then we'll just get straight into it. Heavenly Father, um, with everything we say, be straight from you. <laughs> Lord, would you interrupt our thoughts and help us bring what you want to to today's, um, to today's talk. Amen. Cool. So, as Christians in modern society, you'll probably be well accustomed to getting asked questions about your religious beliefs, God, and stuff like that. Especially if you're in university or in sixth form, like I am in school, where everyone's learning this stuff and developing their own opinion and they want answers. So they go to Christians because they're the people that know this stuff, right? And for me, it was a bit easier because I have a Christian family. My dad is incredibly wise, and I have good Christian friends. But for some people who have, you know, who are newer Christians, you know, maybe some of you in here, that when you get asked these questions, you kind of wonder, like, what should I say? How should I answer this? Because you want to answer the question, because there seems to be this thing where if you don't answer the question, you're somehow less Christian. So um, I just graduated with a degree in sociology. Uh, yes, I did. Um, so I'm definitely not a scientist, but when I was at school, as kind of like the token Christian, um, I was always the one who got asked the big questions about kind of how does science and religion come together. Um, and I just kind of gave, I like, splurted out the first answer that came to my mind, um, which was probably actually quite harmful um, for kind of me showing my faith to my friends because I just said ridiculous things, just made stuff up. Um, <laughs> So, uh, 1 Peter 3.15 tells us that we should always be ready to kind of account for our faith, which I took at the time, and I think people often do take as um, suggesting that we have to kind of argue away every like secular theory. Um, so, but what I think it actually means, and what the best thing I think we can do, is just to speak constantly about our faith in Jesus and the effect of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I didn't only talk to friends, like friends did ask me, but those were the only things I, um, I, the only people I talked to. As many of you'll know, if you've been on YouTube or forums like Reddit, there seems to be this um, group of people who want to make it their job to diss God and Christians and religion and everything associated with them. And, you know, usually they're people who don't fully understand what they're arguing against, and some of them don't even fully understand what they're arguing for. And when I go on and I, I, at one point I went on and I read this stuff and I felt like it was my duty like, to be a defender of the faith, to go on and write answers back to these people using long words and complicated philosophical theories as if I could confuse them into believing in Jesus. But then I thought, like, I took a step back and I thought to myself, like, who am I defending? Is it God? And like, the most important thing to remember is that God like created you and created the humans on the earth and if someone comes up to you and says God doesn't exist because of this and this and this and that you shouldn't feel the need to defend God God created you and the person saying that you defending God is about as useful as you jumping in front of a lion to defend it from a zebra 
you're more likely to get yourself hurt. And I know a few people who've done that, who are new Christians, and when they get asked these questions, they, they try and make it their duty to answer it and then confuse themselves into disbelief. So, um, yeah, like we said, I think often Christians are expected to have all the answers because if you've got this faith, then you must have decanted every other kind of argument that was ever about. Um, but I think that comes out of a kind of arrogance almost in kind of viewing humans as the peak of creation. As Christians, we believe that God created everything and he created man and it was kind of like the top and it was beautiful and built for relationship. Um, and the kind of atheistic view is that you know, humans have developed and evolved um, to be the top. Um, and so out of this is a view that God owes us something, God owes us these explanations. Lots of my friends often ask, have said to me, if God exists, he should make it obvious to me. If he does, then I'll believe in him, if you believe in him, it'll be great. Um, but I wanted to spin that round and just say that I love the fact that I can't explain God. The fact that he loves me and the amount of grace he shows to each of us. He loves you as well. Um, like, we can't explain it. The only way to reason around it is just to say, God loves me because he loves me because he loves me. Um, and it doesn't make sense to the world, but I think that's the approach that is best to take. Psalms 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And there's a difference between a fool and someone who's genuinely interested in Christianity and God. And there's a difference between someone asking, does Jesus really love me? And someone asking, if God is so powerful, can he create a rock so big that even he can't lift it? And um, what 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they're discerned only through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will act on whom he chooses. You should just worry about your relationship with God and deepening that relationship. Don't let evolution or the seven-day creation story or problem of evil and suffering get you in a twist. Don't feel like you should defend God from anything. And don't think that because you're a Christian you should answer every question that someone asks you, especially if you don't know the answers. Because, like I said, there seems to be this idea that if you don't answer them, you're less Christian. Well, I don't know the name of every bone or every blood vessel in my body, and I don't understand the complexities of genetics, but that doesn't make me less human, right? And being Christian, some people think that when you're Christian, you magically get the answers to universal life and everything, but you really don't. You're still learning, just like everyone. And the most important thing, then, is that you, that you remember that God loves you, that he's real, and he wants you to mature and grow in him. And as soon as you remember that, then everything else just becomes superfluous. So for a couple of minutes on your tables, we've got a couple of things to, for you to think about and talk about. I want to ask you, how often do you talk about Jesus with all your friends? Um, and how much time do you spend simply just debating um, religion? Maybe you could share some success stories and some failure stories together of times when you've tried to do both. Thank you.